This is the MIBTOnline.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTOnline.com. Now, here's the show. Tim Kiefer, MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to our Wednesday night meeting. How are you doing out there in MIBTOnline.com land? Hopefully we are streaming. It's always a question if we're going to stream or not. Uh, so that's, that's one of our, our things that we kind of, we hope we're doing. And uh, so hopefully, hopefully Robert can give me a thumbs up that we're doing excellent. I like to see that. So we're out there live tonight here at MIBTOnline.com. So thanks for joining us. We got a lot to cover tonight, and so um, first things first, though, anybody who's watching this, and I'm going to try to remind people at the end, we're, we're having a website upgrade, and it's probably going to take place this Sunday night, so overnight Sunday into Monday. Monday morning, the website will look similar, but a little bit different, and also your, your login will be the same, but you're going to ask to be filled out, or you're going to ask to be filled, or to fill out some more information, and uh, everything's the same. This is what I'm going to tell you right now. You came in MIBTOnline.com at a great time because for you out there in TV land and MIBTOnline.com land, $39 for your lifetime of subscription. As long as you stay with our with MIBTOnline.com, it'll never go up. $39. If you've got the insurance, $59. Um, at least the 39 part of it won't go up. We'll, we'll have to still, hopefully the 59 won't either in regards to the insurance. So I want you to know that, that that's a great thing for supporting us in our first three years. You will see new pricing structure on the new website. So um, it's going to be 49. Now we're also going to have a monthly uh, option as well. And then we're going to have people be able to add the insurance for an additional $20. But you're already a member, so you're good. Everything stays the same for you. And we're also going to have a referral program. We're going to talk about that in the next week or two, which you can earn cash, believe it or not, for helping us out getting more members. You can earn cash. So stay tuned for all that. Um, but if you see a hiccup on Monday morning and things look a little different, just know that we have that new website and hopefully everything's going well. So let's get into our meeting tonight. Uh, here we go. Did he tuck? Remember that tuck thing that was such a big controversy? Oh, however many years ago in the NFL, what kind of similar play that we had in our play of the week. So did he tuck? So here we go. This is what we got tonight. Well, let's see. Of course, uh, we've got the uh, October 14th meeting. We've got our announcements. We've got our play of the week, pass or not, uh, forward pass, uh, play of the week for this week, and then ho hopefully we'll do the call-in questions and, you know, have all that that we like to do. So... I'm going to hopefully get, uh, get the panel in first before we, uh, before we go to our presentations and talk about the play of the week. Looks like we're going to start off with Mike Billica. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing great. Um, we don't have as good a weather as you guys have in the Midwest. It's been cold and rainy out here, but we're, uh, we're getting closer and closer to a decision to have uh, spring football. So it's looking up. Well, that's good because I know you said that there was some talk about just no football. So hopefully there will be some spring football. I know there will be in here in, in Illinois. So uh, we're going to bring up uh, Mr. Robert Yabara, who is, uh, he's manning the chat, the chats and everything today. So uh, Robert's, uh, Robert, how are you? Uh, how are you doing today, Robert? 
Oops, Rowan. You're doing great, Tim. It's always wonderful to be here with the viewers to talk about football. This is what I have. You know, I see student athletes uh, still practicing in the, in the field across from my house, and it just touches my heart. They're preparing. We're preparing. We're getting ready for the spring. And then those are viewers that have seasons already going on right now. I'm envious, but uh, let's learn together. No, I agree. We're going to all learn here together tonight. And so hopefully, uh, let's see, we got to do this here. We're going to bring in Stan right now. Let's, uh, let's bring in Stan. So we're going to mute Robert. We'll bring in Stan. Well, hopefully we can do this. I love it. It's so funny because, uh, uh, you know, Zoom, you know, all these programs, they, they try to they try to do some things and then they change everything on you when, you, you know, you, you had it and now they change it. So they're making it more difficult for me tonight. Okay, Stan is right here. Stan, how are you doing today? Hey, Tim. Hey, everybody. Uh, doing great. Uh, we it, It's now crunch time for us. I've got a uh, big game Friday night that may decide the region championships. So um, uh, action is fun. All right, region champions. So uh, anyway, so that's good. So we're going to bring in now Mr. Bill Lamagne. Bill, how are you today? Doing good here in Tilly Park, Illinois. Um, trying to just catch up on things. It was a hectic weekend. A hectic few days since the weekend, so um, you know, just uh, ready to talk some football. So am I. So let's do that. Let's get to the football talk. All right. So today, our meeting. Remember, well, we already went all through that. Our announcements, real quick. The podcast, Facebook page, Twitter, YouTube, apparel and gear. Okay. Don't forget about all that stuff. I say it every week, but I want to let everybody know it's out there. I want people to remember it. So I'll, I'll go over that real quick. This. So now we'll go to the play of the week. So here it is. We'll go wide on the play of the week, and then we will review everything that we had to talk about on the play of the week. So if you remember, quarterback and shotgun. See what happens. Drops back, pass, fumble, ball on the ground, crew rules this uh, fumble. So what did our, what did our crews what did our crew rule in our results from our poll? So is this an incomplete forward pass? 15% said it was incomplete. 85% had this as a fumble. So here's some of the comments. Uh, Mike H, ball was knocked out of the QB's hand prior to the arm going forward. Brian H, make, uh, make my vote a fumble. QB lost the ball before his arm moved forward. And Tony F. Fumble, I think you can tell a lot by the way the ball falls straight to the turf, as well as the quarterback's immediate reaction. So there you go. We're going to go to the play breakdown here. But before we do that, let's, uh, let's run around the panel real quick. And we'll start out with Bill. Bill, you know, you see a play like this. Tell me what you got. Well, I tell you what, I think I've always said for the referee, this is the most critical call he has. You know, you can have holding, you can have uh, roughing the passer, et cetera. But this is, this is the most critical call because this play is going to result either in an incomplete pass, which means team A gets to keep the ball for this more downs. Or if you rule a fumble, nine times out of 10, probably the defense is going to fall on the ball because they're in a better position seeing the ball on the ground, facing it, 
versus the offensive linemen who are blocking with their backs to the ball. So this is about possession of the football and getting this call correct. Um, most coaches will tell you that that possession of the football is kind of important to them. So what, what are some of the keys that you got on these? You know, you need to, as soon as you see the quarterback in that passing posture where he's locked on a receiver or he's about to be hit, you need to get on that quarterback and that hand and arm need to be your focal point. You go from a wide field division into tunnel vision at this point. And you've got to pick that, that hand and arm up at that point to see whether or not he has the ball when it comes out and where the hand is. So that's, I mean, those are all important key points to this. I know you wanted to know what I thought about the call. I did. And you, but I don't know, maybe you're, maybe you're holding out. So I, I'll come, I'll come back to you on I'll this. You, I, I have doubt on the play. So when in doubt, I'm going to go incomplete pass. Okay. When in doubt, you're going to go incomplete pass. Okay. That's, that's interesting to say. All right. So I'm My call. You, well, it's not yours. It's not yours as the wing. It's mine. As a referee. Yes. It's your, yeah, yeah absolutely. Referee, your call all the way, obviously. So Let's, uh, let's see what uh, Robert has to say on this one. And I normally bring in Robert at the end, but he's looking at the chat room. But I'm going to let Robert kind of chime in on this one and tell me what he thinks. Robert, tell me what you think on this one. Well, thank you, man. I was, I was a little stunned by Bill's answer there. I'm 100% in agreement. This was referee's call all night. 100% referee's call all night. And so we're going with the judgment of the referee. I'm referee. I have this view. I have an open hand. I I have I have the arm motion, but uh, the ball is like uh, levitating there in the air. So I got it out, and uh, we got a loose ball, and that's what I have. So I have uh, a live ball that's uh, going to be recovered. All right. So before I bring in our, our other esteemed guest, um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to the PowerPoint here real quick on the. On the rule book, this is right out of the rule book, okay? 2-31-2, uh, a forward pass is a pass thrown with its initial direction toward the opponent's end line. Now there's a note on this. Prior to releasing the ball on a pass, if the potential passer is contacted and the ball is released, it is a forward pass if his arm is moving forward on contact. So there, there's the, there's a key piece there. Is, the ball moving forward on contact. And, you know, I'm going to go back to the play now and we'll, we'll go wide on the play. So we're going to, I'm going to, I'm, I got the telestrator up here. So, you know, here's the quarterback. Okay. So here's his arm. So that's what we're going to focus on right now. What is the arm doing? And now contact. Now the ball is, the ball is locked and loaded. Okay. So was the arm going forward with the, prior to the contact, or is it not? Does the ball stay there? That's really the big judgment here. If you think that the contact was there when the arm was moving forward, then this, by, by definition, this is a, a forward pass, an incomplete forward pass. But if not, if you think that ball was already gone before that arm moves forward, then it's not. And I think that's where we get into this I'm surprised. Most you saw like what the results were. So it really wasn't like it, it was it was almost a landslide. Fumble, 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 fumble. So I'm gonna go, I'll go to I'll go to Mike on this one. Mike, you see this play, 
This is what you have. You're the referee. What do you got? I have an open hand. I honestly, I think it, the um, the ball was not coming forward at the time that the ball was knocked out of his arm. So, I mean, even in slow motion, I still have open hands. So I think this is a fumble. All right. So you got this as a fumble. So now it stands. Terrence Stan is a referee. So we're going to let Stan decide on exactly what, you know, Stan, you've got, you've got this one. This one's yours now. This is your bread and butter play. Stan, you're the referee. What do you got? It looks like it's a fumble to me, too. I'm going with fumble. I think the ball was knocked out of his hand before he started the forward motion with his arm. Okay, so that's what you've got. I'm going to go back to Mr. Lemagne and let him, let him clarify what he was saying because I thought, I thought he said incomplete pass. He very well may have, but I just want to make sure he's real clear so that we're all – and then I'll give you mine. But I want to make sure that we got everybody's opinion here first. So, Bill, you – did you say incomplete pass on this one? I said if I had doubt on the play, I'd call incomplete pass. Uh, when you don't have replay, I don't want a cheap turnover. So I would, I would go when in doubt, pass. If I have a replay, which isn't available in, in to high school, if I had replay, my when in doubt would be fumble uh, to keep the ball live, and replay could, uh, could help out with that. But if I have doubt, I'm going forward pass on these. Will okay. I be wrong once in a while? Sure. I agree. When in doubt, do you, I mean, from what you see, do you have doubt on this? No. It's, <laughs> it's a fumble. <laughs> All right. You, you don't have doubt. All right. So we are going to go, uh, well, whatever. That's cool. I like that. I personally think um, based off of the, of the, of the film and right, we're Monday morning quarterback in this. When the hand, when the arm goes forward, when the arm goes forward, it doesn't fall into that definition. It, it's an empty arm going forward. So I don't believe that the contact was, was hit when the arm was going forward. I think that ball was already gone per personally from what I see. So I, I have no problem supporting the fumble on this one. And I know dude, Robert's dude, got his hand heard. up, so I'm sure. Tim. Hang, hang on, hang on. We'll get back to you, Bill. Robert's got his hand up. He was, he's waiting patiently. Robert, what do you got? Yeah, I wanted to engage the viewers. Uh, we had some comments come in uh, from, from the viewers, and the viewers are making some good points here relative to the referee's positioning and, and the actual experience of being on the field. And sometimes you're obstructive by the defender chasing the quarterback. You have maybe not as clear as a vision as we have with the camera angle from the press box here. And so the referee might not actually see it all like we're seeing it. So now going back to Bill, Bill, how do you handle that when you would openly admit you you got the doubt again, uh, but you see just the ball kind of flailing out there? <laughs> well, uh, you know there was a point that was brought up before that that said, um, watch, take that one instant and look at the reaction of the quarterback. You know, if he starts diving for the ball, he just put a nail in the coffin for me saying this is a fumble. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to say that to the coach, but, but you know, that's, a, that's what patience will do for you. Now, now, there is an advantage to the fumble ruling, too, is that let's say that I do rule it a fumble, and you're the wing official or the umpire, and you just happen to have, because of your receiver or your keys, 
you just happen to have a really clean look at this. We have the ability to turn a fumble call back into an incomplete forward pass. If I know I have doubt and you're 200% sure. But if I call this a pass incomplete and you come in and say, jeepers, Bill, that was a fumble. There's not a lot we can do about it at that point there because I've already killed it. So, so there's some things there that, that need to be considered too. Well, and I think that's, that's an excellent point because of, because of that. You have that option to come back. You, you know, this has nothing to do with replay. It has to do with getting together and making, making the right call. And, you know, Bill, like, did you have something else to add? I know I kind of cut you off, or did you pretty much catch that? There? Yeah, I, I just wanted to make a point, and it's not a criticism, but it, as we went around the horn, probably including me, several of us kept saying, including you, Tim, I think, I think, well, I don't care what you think. Tell me what you have, you know, because if you go over to a coach and tell and use that word, well, I thought or I think it's a fumble that ain't selling nothing uh you have to choose your words wisely and be careful with i think i thought because that's creating doubt to the person you're explaining it to no that's a really excellent excellent point because you're right if i go over and say i think on this play looking at the you know the, the cameras are, are cameras so i guess i think a lot of times we always get our give ourselves here in the media or where we give ourselves an out because we're like, well, the angle appears to show that this might be this. And I think that's, but I'm looking, from what I see, this a fumble. Arms going forward. The contact was not while the arm was going forward based off the rule. I got this a fumble. I don't think about, I don't think it is. I know it is from this film, from this film clip. I got this as a fumble. But I also am going to go, if I was, if I, if it was questionable, if it was even, if it was closer than what we see here, I probably would go, like you said, with what the officials said on the field, because when in doubt, angles, different this, this and that, we're looking at it from a film, then yeah, maybe I probably would have called it like this, but I can see why the official called it like that. Um, Robert, are we good? I see Robert, he's, Robert is raising his hand, so let's go over to Robert. Robert, what do you got? We have a question from a viewer, and the question is, since Bill brought this up, Let's say you do have a slow whistle because we have viewers that are saying, just have a slow whistle and read your cues, right? You have a slow whistle. Quarterback is not bouncing on the ball, but the defense, of course, is. Can you change your call then? Ooh, immediate recovery. Hmm, and I don't know, high school, immediate recovery, Bill. What do you got? Well, you don't have an immediate recovery rule there, so all <laughs> I'll tell you is the value of a slow whistle is going to give you the opportunity, you know, as long as somebody's not coming in waving it incomplete, uh, you're going to get the opportunity there to, uh, uh, to, to figure out what you have. So the slow whistle uh, seems like an eternity, but it's only a second or two. That slow whistle will give you a chance to replay it in your head real quick. Uh, and then you can say, all right, that's a fumble. Kill the clock, point the other way. Um, that's an incomplete pass. Give the incomplete pass sign and the next down. So I like that about patience on a whistle. Well, pa patience is important. And I'm going to go back to Robert here real quick. Robert, you know, you look at that, you, you talk about um, being able to recover that. I think if the ball's still alive, if the ball is still a live ball, then you can make changes. But if a whistle was blown and 
that ball was was something happened before like the you know recovery or whatever was after that whistle it has to happen before the whistle because technically you still you still have a live ball you can make that change i i don't you know high school we're going to talk about the auburn uh arkansas play here next more from the standpoint of philosophy but we might get in a little bit of how how the rules a little different in college because i think a lot of people think that sometimes well, hey, I, I was immediate recovery. You know, they're starting to get these buzzwords. You know, you get a guy like Bill Lamagna, who's, who's a great rule analyst. He starts talking about immediate recovery, and now it becomes his buzzword for high school kids and, and high school uh, uh, coaches. Hey, that was immediate recovery, having nothing to do with high school. So I think, Robert, if you don't have a whistle to answer that question specifically, you can unpeel the, you know, the, the, the layers here. But if you got the whistle before anything happens or, you know, the recovery or anything, you're, you're stuck. Would you agree with that? Agree, agree with you 100%. The viewers agree with you. They really appreciate everyone's comments, especially Bill's with his wisdom. And, uh, and, and it's, it's just a great play to discuss because it's, uh, it, it can happen to any referee. And we all agree it's the referee's call 100%. Wings be disciplined enough to know this is on the rec- referee's lap. Yep. Clear as day. Okay, so we're going to move on to our next play. We're going to go wide on it. This play made national news. This play was a, uh, it was the Auburn-Arkansas play about whether or not, if we're going to focus in on the quarterback right away, whether or not this was a forward pass or a backward pass or an illegal forward pass and what happens after that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But because uh, that's more of a college rule, you're going to see a couple replays of this. So you, you've got it. It looks like yeah, it's, it's a muff. Was that first part? Was he pushing the ball down? Was the second one for emphasis? And it looks like he doesn't like it. You're going to see an, a, a third replay of this here in a second. So we're going to talk. So there it is. So that's boom. So let's go back to the other view because the other view kind of kind of gives us the best angle on as to whether or not. So now he's got the ball right, you know, right there. There's the ball. Which direction does the ball go? That's what you have to ask yourself. What happens now? Is this, yeah, it, so, you know, he picks it up here and the ball goes like this. So I think, I mean, that, if you're going to rule that a live ball, that's definitely a backward pass. I don't think there's going to be any discussion on that. But here's where I think we need to discuss from the high school. Remember, we, we, tend to, we talk high school here, but this is a great play because this can happen in a high school game very easily. What's the philosophy? I saw a lot of Facebook posts on this that the philosophy on it should be um, that, you know, what's he trying to do? Is he trying to down the ball? Are we going to split hairs on this? You know, how, you know, should we really rule this a backward pass? Is this just going to open up a whole can of worms when all he was trying to do was down the ball? That, I saw a lot of uh, comments like that. So I'm going to start off with Bill from this angle. We'll go back to Bill on some of the college stuff, just so people out there can know. Bill, you see a play like this, and before we talk about anything that happens afterwards, we've got whether this is an, uh, a, an incomplete forward pass, that simple, an illegal forward pass since he didn't cleanly have it, and, and the high school rule is very, is very similar to the college rule in regards to, to this now because uh, you can do it in shotgun too. Or do you just do you play you know run Johnny run? This is a live ball. We eat our whistles and go from there. How would you, if you were the referee, like I said, not forgetting about what happened with immediate recovery after that? How would you rule on that initial pass? Well, in all the times that we've had this happen, I, I think most referees would say, "Hey, they get the ball. It's sna- it, the snap comes up clean. He gets it with control. He puts it to the ground right in front of him. 
and we're done with it. You know, uh, probably what happened was probably over anticipated that this one would go as smooth as any other one that's, that's happened in a game and didn't take into account the fact you picked up the fact that the ball was muffed, hit the ground now recovered. So, Hey, you better not spike it at this point. And as soon as he did spike it, I think it was just a knee jerk reaction and the thought process wasn't there that he turned sideways, put the ball off his right foot uh, and it was actually backwards. So it was over anticipation and now the whistle blows and now we got a problem. So, um, you know, it's good to be prepared for plays, but again, taking one, and I know we want to blow the whistle and stop the clock because time's so important. That's why he's spiking it, but, a little bit more patience on this one and maybe the light bulb goes on. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were the referee though, if you were looking at this play, would you have let it go? Would you have not ruled it incomplete? We would, we would tend to give him the benefit of the doubt on forward backwards if he's in a good position for it, but this one's not a doubt play. You know, if we want to have a debate over, was it forward or backward? That's one thing if it's been ruled forward, but this isn't, this isn't forward period. This is a backward pass. So uh, he's not getting, he should not have gotten the benefit of the doubt on this one. Okay. So no benefit of the doubt. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go to Mike on this one. I'm going to, I might skip Stan because Stan's an Auburn fan. So I don't know if he's going to be able to give us his, uh, you know, unbiased view here, but maybe, maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see what Stan has to say, but Mike, you're the referee, you know, Bill says clear backward pass. This should have, they, they should have ate the whistle. This should never have been called. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think that they should have. And I don't think this is the referee's whistle. I think forward, backward pass, um, pass fumble is the referees, but forward, backward pass is the wings. So you have to be disciplined enough as a referee not to make a ruling on this until the wings have had a chance to determine if it's incomplete or a backward pass. Um, you're probably not going to have a chance to look over and see if there's a punch back or something like that, but you shouldn't look over there anyway, because you've got too much to watch as a referee. You, you have no proximity. You've got no angle. There's no way you can tell. So uh, I, I, in my pregame, I tell my wings, I, don't leave me to rule on that forward backward. I, I'm not taking it. It's on you guys. No, that's a great point. That, that really is. In high school, it gets a little convoluted when we only have five because sometimes that does fall on the referee if the wings aren't looking down the line or what. And we're no, talking like never. like later on, like not at never. the snap. I disagree with you 100. percent It's in the rule. It's in the mechanics that the referee is responsible in high school for four backwards. You can look it up. I don't want it. I'm not taking it. I, it's, I'm in no position. I'm going to be wrong as much as I'm right. So the wings uh, are and I don't disagree end. with I don't disagree with that, by the way. But sometimes the wings aren't in a position. If they're starting to flow downfield, they're not in a position to have the angle later in the play. Right away, when the ball when you when you when you snap the ball, turn and throw, snap the ball, turn and throw. I'm with you 100%. That's the wings. And if the wings are there, you know they're holding the line. You know you've got more than than five, or they're holding the line because they don't need to go. Which we we teach that all the time. Pause, read, and react. Absolutely. But if they're gone, sometimes they might not be able to help on that. And, and I get if that's how you want to do it, then that's fine. But I, hopefully everybody's on the same page because that, I mean, that's the, 
in high school in five, that's right out of, out of the, uh, the mechanics manual that it's supposed to be the referee. And I don't agree with it either, by the way. So I think the Wings should be able to, to pick up on this. So, all right, I'll bring Stan in because I know Stan really wants to talk about this because he's, he's an Auburn fan. Stan, can you, can you take off your Auburn hat to, to talk about this? Uh, sure, because um, I'm I'm a trained official first, or I'm a fan. But um, um, I, I'm with Mike on the fact on the, in this play with the wings. Uh, uh, I would definitely. But I also as a referee, I could see myself doing what Bill said, anticipating this is what's going to happen, and and killing it, knowing that clock is is going to run down. Um, Wow, just a what a tough situation. You don't expect the player to turn sideways and throw backwards. Nobody would have expected that. And uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if I had had a whistle, blowing a whistle on that for that play. No, that's an excellent point because um, with the you're just used to, you see it, you know, sometimes you're used to clocking it. I had an inadvertent whistle once because of, and I think I told the story when we were talking about inadvertent whistles on a very similar play. Um, and it was a forward pass, but it, or was going to be, but the guy, you know, deked me. He deked me out. So I learned I'm not, you know, going with Mike. I, I don't like to blow my whistle, on, especially on those plays, because cause where I do agree with Mike going back, that's a play that, that, that lives for the wings. Because as a referee, I don't know. I, I can't figure it out. The referee or the wings haven't gone anywhere yet. So they should be able to give us a, a, a clear ruling on that. And I'm eating my whistle because I don't know which way it is most likely. So we're going to finish – well, we're, we're going to finish up with, with Robert on this first point. Then I'm going to bring it back to Bill just so he can talk a little bit because I know you guys are interested about the college, how it, how it ended up happening, and, and some of the stuff that he knows about what happens after immediate recovery in college, just so you can kind of put that in your, in your book of knowledge. But, Robert, what's, what are you seeing in the chat room, the text? What do you got? Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of uh, chat discussion on this play, and rightfully so from different angles, primarily from the wings positioning. First, I'm gonna begin with uh, Mr. Gene Jackson. He brings up a great point that he and his crew talk about this in the pregame because it is an important play, especially in game situations, uh, clock management, and uh, understanding the roles of uh, the wings on this play with the referee, especially if we get the ball being snapped inside the 10 also, because you know, in the five-man mechanics in certain states like Illinois, uh, depending on passing situations, you know, we have a mechanic on how we move on the sideline towards the goal line and things of that sort. So with that all being said, the uh, best practices being shared in the chat room are this, uh, be aware of the game situation and understand the roles that we all have in, in these play situations. Now in high school, uh, for a team to conserve time legally, they need to have that snap be clean and then the pass be direct immediate to the ground. That didn't happen here. So in high school, you can rule out conserving time legally because even though that may have been in, in their intent, they certainly didn't execute that. And it's, that's, that's on the, the, the shoulders of the quarterback. So we have uh, not a clean snap. We have a, um, a muff. And then we have, uh, although the, the, the pass may have intended to spike for an intentional grounding, he didn't execute that. So that, of course, is a live ball, backward pass, and the viewers all agree with that. There's no debate or discussion. Now it's back, back to the responsibility. Who's going to get it? The, the wings need to be aware of the game situation, but there's no reason why the referee can also have a, a, a judgment view on this play. 
And because we, we have a situation here where we want to get it right and we only get one crack at it. So thank God you're showing this, Tim, for all of us to witness uh, on the screen so that we're certainly better prepared on the field. Well, and that's what we're talking. That's why we're here. We're here talking about this because this could happen in a high school game very easily. And if we're ready for it, heck, we've seen it now. If we see that we don't have that clean snap, we're going to be asking ourselves: Is this a forward pass? What can he do? What you know, from a legal standpoint, where can we go with this? So that that's the high school component of this. So we're gonna we're gonna take a little break from the high school stuff and bring Bill back in. And, but before I do that, Bill, I'll go to the play and we'll, we'll, sh we'll talk about the, the, the second part of this where I know there's a lot of discussion in the media about, oh. all right, so like right now the ball's down and there might be whistles being blown. The ball's still loose. There could be whistles being blown. But this immediate recovery, continuing action thing, and now right there, number seven ends up securing possession, in my opinion, a significant time after maybe the whistles. We don't hear them, but you can see the the demonstrative signals by the center judge. So take us through this. This, this is a little nuance in the college rule. We, like I said, we're just kind of, because this was a big play nationally, and I know there were some people who were interested, Bill, on this, and I know you have some other information on it. Yeah, I mean, it only decided the ball game. Uh, so, you know, uh, I would think that people will think it's an interesting or important play. Um, the college rules, we have the ability uh, to rule on a forward-backward pass if it's ruled forward and incomplete and it goes out of bounds, but it was actually backwards, replay can intervene and say, hey, we're not going back to the previous spot. We're going back seven, eight yards here where the pass was backwards and out of bounds. And even though the whistle blew, um, the ball continued through the air, bounced off the ground and went out of bounds backwards. We're putting the ball back here seven yards behind the previous spot and Nick's down. The other time replay can get involved in it is if it's ruled forward and incomplete and it was actually backwards and we have a clear and immediate recovery of that loose ball, then replay can overrule the fact the whistles blew and award the ball to either team uh, on the recovery. And why that's important for either team is obviously if you award it to the defense, they save the day and win the game. If you award it to the offense on the recovery seven or eight yards further back, that's important too, because that might make their field goal attempt uh, a bit more difficult to, uh, to make. So it's critical on this one here that that ruling's there. Now the question comes up, what's a clear and immediate continuous action for the recovery. And I have talked to, if I've talked to one, I've talked to four or five different uh, replay officials. I've had a conversation with the former CFO rules editor and coordinator of officials. Um, uh, I had a email conversation with Mike Pereira about the call. Um, and um, rumor has it, and I haven't heard this direct, but first of all, uh, Pereira agrees with me on it, okay, that it should have been an immediate uh, recovery, should have been awarded to the defense. Now, that means Bill Lamine and Mike Pereira agreed on this one. Now, the key thing is there have been two different Zoom calls that Dean Blandino, who's the replay coordinator for the CFO, has instructed 
two different conferences that this, in his opinion, is continuous action. And if, they, if that's not their definition of continuous action, they need to adjust to what he's saying. Continuous action, it should have been awarded to Arkansas. Um, so that's an interesting thing that'll be coming out uh, from there. Now, the SEC came out with a statement and said that, uh, yes, it was a backward pass. They, they conceded that. And they said, however, because replay ruled there was not continuous action, then they had to go back and say the play stands as called because they didn't have one that was recovered continuously inbounds, nor did it go out of bounds. So the play stands as called, even though it was a backward pass. So that's an interesting thing about replay that some people just don't understand, even our ESPN announcers. How can you say that play stands as called? They're wrong. We know he's wrong. But what are you going to do with it? You know, are you going to say it was a backward pass? What, what can you do at that point? Call it an inadvertent whistle? There's a thing that people don't understand about college football with replay. If replay gets involved in a play, and it's a reviewable play. There is no such thing as an inadvertent whistle anymore, even though there was. If they say the call stands, the call's confirmed, the call's reversed. If it's a reviewable play, then there is no inadvertent whistle. It totally trumps the inadvertent whistle rules. So that's, that's a tough one for some people to grasp and understand. Now, the, the last part to this play that nobody's really talking about was replay also instituted a 10-second runoff because we're in the last minute of a half. We have a play that was now ruled, even though it wasn't, an illegal forward pass. So if you have an illegal forward pass that's incomplete, you have the 10-second the runoff situation. And if you have a 10-second runoff, you're also going to start the clock on the ready-for-play. So this play ended with 28 seconds or maybe more left. Maybe it was 38. But the play ended and replay – it was 28, I guess. So the replay instituted a 10-second runoff, and they started the game clock. Well, what was omitted was the fact that Arkansas had an option. Arkansas had an option not to do because they were the offended team – by the penalty, they had an option not to take the runoff. And if you don't take the runoff, you can save your time out and you can also take and have the on the snap instead of the ready for play. So what happens? They kick the field goal. There's 28 seconds remaining. Now we have a kickoff and now we take it. Oh, I'm sorry. We, we have the clock running. We have the snap and all that. And now after the kickoff, Arkansas has got seven seconds left after they re returned the kickoff. So that was time for one play. Had they given the option to Arkansas and Arkansas said, no, no runoff, go on the snap. They kicked the field goal and hey, now when they kick off and Arkansas has got the ball, there's probably 20 some seconds left. And they have a timeout left. They have a chance to run three plays, maybe, maybe four, and be in range for a field goal. So Arkansas not only came out of the short end of the stick on the fact they didn't get the recovery, 
they came out of the short end of the stick because of the runoff that was done. Now they had the option. I don't know if the coach was given the option or not, but why wouldn't you say, no, leave the game clock right where it's at, go on the snap. Because if they miss the field goal, time's going to run off. Arkansas is going to have the ball at the 20 yard line and probably less than 25 seconds left. What does Arkansas do? Take a knee. So, you know, my old comment was it was backwards. And if, and if anything, even if you want to get a debate about a continuous recovery, sometimes you got to do what's right. And you take and put your career on the line and you do what's right. They wouldn't even be talking much about this play if they would have awarded the ball to Arkansas. But this is this is this has been a big one, big controversy, and uh, it's it, uh, you know, and I, I, again, I, I not to be overcritical on the officials or replay, but it um, let the, let the kids and the coaches decide the game. Don't you know when it's on us? Now the now the thing, and I can I can just imagine what the crew, particularly the referee, is going through on this one. You know, if you haven't been in this type of situation then you haven't been officiating very long, but this is suicide watch time for a lot of people. Okay. And the, what you have to do is you got to have some mentors and coaches and friends, you know, not rally around you to say, Hey, you do a great job, but to bring you through this because you find out what you're made of when the manure hits the fan, you know, not when life's going easy, you find out what you're made of and you only got two choices. And Jimmy Keogh used to talk about this, you know, you can blossom and grow, which will take time, or you can you can rot. Those are your only two options at this point. So do you want to rot, throw the towel in, get out of officiating, let it eat at you all your life, or do you want to go back and, and take the challenge now and put it behind you the best you can and move forward? And that's what I hope happens with this official and the, this crew. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I, like I said, if I agree with the immediate recovery thing and how it's being interpreted, but it doesn't matter. They, they don't pay me to do that yet. So, but uh, great advice on how to get over a call when it's made, because it happens at the high school level too, where we're going to get national attention on a call or local attention media wise. So those, so those are things to, uh, to just remember and just kind of, you know, hopefully. Hey, can I interject one more thing? Oh, absolutely. Bill, what do you got? You're talking about the officials on the call here. I'm just making a comment and talking about the play at halftime. And then I have my daughter contacting me after the game, talking to me about what's happening on social media, where somebody on a Twitter account took and threatened me over my comments on, on game and said, if the two of us were ever in the same stadium, you know, it'd be lights out type thing. And, uh, and, and part of me was just laughing about it, saying, yeah, there's nuts all over the place. But um, but it's like, I, and, and my comments, hey, I didn't have anything to do with how the play got ruled on the field or anything else. You know, I just make commentary. But but that obviously taken seriously, maybe lost some money on a bet, but, um, but it was like, you know, so it happens even in the media. We get, we right. get right, and it's uh, it's text. crazy because you'd had nothing to do. Uh, you know, goofy, goofy, goofy people. Anyways, all right, we're gonna move Tell on. Your cousin, to quit putting those posts up. Will you? <laughs> all right, well, we're gonna move on here to our next play. We're gonna go wide on this right away. This was uh, a play from Georgia, and uh, this is about. There's two things to focus in on this play. 
The first thing is this block over here, and then there's another block that occurs right as the, after, after that by the lead blocker right here. So we're going to focus in on these two blocks, and then we're going to discuss them because first question you have is the block coming from the right, is that going to be a, you know, a blindside block? And so that's, you know, that's your first question. You got a blindside block on this one. Eh, open hands, probably not, but that's something to consider. And then the, the, the second block, is this a block below the waist? Now, it's, you know, where it is, you know, this, this is a crew of six in Georgia, but, you know, whether we have five or seven or, you know, this is a key, someone's got to, you know, someone's got to pick up on whether or not this block right here is a illegal block below the waist. So I know uh, the panel has had a chance to view this play, so I did want to I did want to bring it up. So I'm going to start out with Stan on this one. Stan, you did have a chance to see this play, and I'm just curious, you know, from what you've from what you've seen, what do you think on this play, Stan? Where where, where would you go on this? Well, I I had a lot of questions about it. Not I guess I I sort of thought the the first block, the wide, the block out to the wide definitely could have been a, a blind side, but I can't see really if he had open hands when he pushed uh, or when he blocked. Uh, if he had open hands, I would probably, I would disregard it uh, because he did push him to the side. But I was real focused in on the potential for a block below the waist because as the referee, that's something that I'm, I try to watch, I look for. And I was really almost dead uh, straight with the definition that it was the block started above the waist, not below the waist. Um, but he did duck and then he sort of, and he finished the block below the waist and it, it looks like it should have been a block below the waist. And so that's why my question is, where do we, define an illegal block below the waist does the contact have to only happen below the waist or can it end up below the waist well and that's a good a good distinction like where the contact starts and then you know block is a block below the waist below the waist you know it's always been my interpretation that if you have contact up high then it, it's not he's sliding down is he sliding down but you know it, by touching the back i don't know if touching if, if somebody goes low, if I'm the defender and I'm touching the back, that is that constitutes I made contact high. I think contact has to start and slide. And we've seen a lot of athletic plays where people have done that. So, Mike, you see a play like this, you see that, you know, does, it, does he slide down or do you have him going down and just the contact being where the, the defender is just kind of putting his hands on the back? I think his, the whole intent is to go low on this play. He's the force of his block is low. I think that the, uh, maybe that defender gets a hand out there, but, um, I don't think there's significant contact at or above the thigh. I think the contact, the forceful contact and the initial contact is really at the thigh. So, um, it looks like a low block. It's a safety foul. Um, if you're in any doubt, I think you go foul as well. So, but my question is who rules on this? Because you've got a potential blindside block in the, in very near to the block below the waist. I think we can get 
caught um, looking in the wrong zone and maybe three guys focusing on this potential blindside block and then everybody missing the low block. No, that's a real good point. And we'll go back, we'll go back to the film just to talk about like keys. You know, so obviously, like I said, this is a six person game, but when, if you've got five, so if you just got a back judge out here and you know, you don't have those wings, if you got seven, you've got the extra person, but who's looking where? So, you know, our umpire is going to be taking backside. I mean, that's just, the umpire is not going to be able to help on this one regardless. I would say based off of, you know, once the action starts, and I'll go to Robert on this too, I think the back judge is probably going to come over to this block because where else are they going to go? Which then will put the line judge on this block to see the block below the waist. That's, I mean, that's what I'm thinking because where else is he going to go? Even if it wasn't his key at the snap, I don't care if it was his key at the snap or not. Action, all the action is going this way. I don't care what happens over here. That becomes these officials because this is backside action now. Key, zone, ball. So we're going, we're going, we were off our keys, we're going to zone, and that's where I'm thinking. If I was a back judge, I'd probably move over to this one just because I know there's action in here and I might not be able to, to see the block right there from the back judge. That's just my thought going to Robert. You know, Robert is a back judge. And uh, he's back judge many games. Robert, you are a play like this. Are you moving off of that? You're, you know, if, even if your key was to the right, are you coming back to the left? All right, I'm going to speak as a back judge, but we have a lot of viewer comments, and I and I want to interject those because these have been fantastic, and I love their engagement. But since you asked me a question from a back judge position, okay, so the strength of the formation is actually on the opposite side, but that's going to evaporate quickly because all the actions moving towards my left or the uh, offense's right. So to that point, I see the matchup. I see the press of that defender with that uh, eligible receiver on the far end of the formation. But I know those two know each other. Those two are there, and they're aware of where they're at on the field because they're pressing. So my, you know, I'm going to disagree, Tim. My focus is not going to go there. I've gotten that block below the waist call uh, closer there at the tight end position. I've gotten that. I got it at Oak Park River Forest last season. And the reason why is because that is the most dangerous block. And I am throwing my flag as a back judge. I'm throwing it. And the, my, that wing official or umpire has got to pull me off my flag. But I see the contact forcible low, and I'm throwing it for safety reasons because I'm going to err on safety. Okay, so you're saying that as, as a B, you're going to come here, which I can yeah. understand because you're on the inside. I'm just looking at it. What, what is the L looking at then? If you're, if you're the L, where, where, would be the, where would the L go? But Tim, Tim, to, to that point, you when as a back judge, when I see two players press, you're, we're talking about a. I'm not going to be cognizant of thinking a blindside block potential there because the only action that's going to happen there, if any, is a hold. To in my mind, I don't see blindside block because those two players know each other. They're right there pressing. So that's why it's easy for me to slide down to uh, the point of attack. And that's why my, that's where my central focus is going to be. Well, and, so, I'll be, and, I, I, and I could see your point because if, if we're going saying we're saying strength was over here, L is going to have, or H or whoever it is, you know, they're going to have these two. So they may stay with them because it, that was their key at the snap. And there, there's that potential press action, whatnot, and allowing the back judge to move over to this block and take it center. So, I mean, I could either way, however you decide you're going to do this, this is one of those, it's just, to, to Mike's point, it's got to be picked up. And if you're going to slide that way, then slide that way. But 
ultimately, we're not going to officiate error, and even if our key was on the, on the, on the top of the screen, we're, we're going to move over to the left so somebody can at least rule on this block. So, Robert, you said there was also a bunch of comments on this one. Jeez, there's a lot. So I'm going to twist my head because there, there's just so many. I'm going to read them. Um, first and foremost, uh, we have comments such as the, the first block was viewed as a whiff. The second one started high and then ended low. No fouls on either one. We have other comments that are saying that uh, uh, it appears as though the block, although was forcible low, it may have started at midpoint, but it was forcible low, so we have a foul. So we have two different spectrums there. Um, we have a situation here where a viewer says that the widest defender's focus was on the belt carrier and can't defend themselves, therefore they're defenseless, and we should err on safety on that block on the wide one as well. So they're coming from all different angles here, Tim. <laughs> To be honest. Well, wow, that's that that's pretty crazy that we're getting all that. So we'll you know we'll, we'll let we'll let Mr. Lemagne give us his last uh, synopsis on this and see what what he has to say. Um, if you know he was a referee looking at this from the backside or if he was a back judge, Bill, you you see this play? I mean, how, how are you rolling on this? Well, we talk about the potential on that that low block. I like what was said before about. Uh, the comment that said, you know, there was still forcible contact low. He was aiming to go low. He may have started at the waist, uh, but he continued down and had some really forcible contact uh, well below the waist. You know, when we talk about targeting, if we used to think, well, I had to hit you first in the head neck area to be targeting. And it, it, that proved to be wrong. If I hit you with that and you're defenseless, I hit you with forcible contact to the chest and I continue upward with my launch and I strike you in the head neck area, then with forcible contact, that's, that's a foul. So if we're going to protect the head that way for forcible contact, why wouldn't we protect the knees that way uh, for the low block? You want this block out of the game. So if you if you want to throw it, you better convince me you're above the waist. Uh, you dive down like that and have forcible contact. I totally support that call. So you would support you would support the force forcible contact. So, um, you know, I, I'm with I'm with you on this one. I think if there's doubt, you're going that route because ultimately it is. You know, it's a safety foul. Robert, I'm going to end this with you so I can get the call lines up. The, uh, so, you know, obviously there's probably some last-minute comments on this. What do, you, what do you got on it, Robert? It looks like they're agreeing with what Bill said. Uh, they have the same thought. It looked like the D went low to take out the blocker. Sometimes the legal block below the waist is committed by the defense on a play like this. Sometimes that's true. That's true. So it's nice that you're aware of that, viewers, of uh, that possibility as well. Sometimes the defender, a linebacker, come and cut out the lead blockers of the offensive team. Uh, so thank you for sharing that as well. But, uh, Tim, we can move on with the call lines, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, I thought the discussion was pretty deep on this play. All right. So that's what we're going to do. So let me, uh, let me do this. I'll pull up the call line here number. And here it is. So there, there's the call. You can call us anything we, you know, the three plays. We only talked about three plays tonight. I had like 10. We only talked about three. So if you sent plays in, I think Mike from, from Pennsylvania did, and 
I know Stan, we had, we had a couple plays from Stan. We're going to get to those plays, but right now, that's the call-in line. If you want to chime in on anything we said tonight or, or give, us your, give us your opinion, that would be great. Uh, 402-256-MIBT, uh, 402-256-6428. And while we're letting people get on the phone lines, we will go to our play of the week so we can, we can end, this, end the meeting here tonight. So uh, let's, let's get that up and running. Give me one second here. All right, so now let's, I think we're ready to go on this. Yep. All right. So now it's time for our MIT. How about try that? How, so now it's time for our MIBT Online Play of the Week for this week, uh, October 14th. So this is another, you know, another good one. You know, I, I like I like trying to have some good plays here. So we're gonna go wide on this play, and we're gonna show the play, and it's gonna happen near the top of the screen. So I want you to just focus in up by the top of the screen and see what happens. So it looks like we got some contact. Let's look at this one again. We've got contact, we've got a ball, we've got a ball, we've oh. got a, we, then we've got a flag, and we've got an incomplete pass. One more time, let's see what we've got. And if you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to slow this down frame by frame later. But we don't get the option of doing that, unfortunately, when we are officiating. So here's our play of the week, and this is what our, our options are. And let's get to that. So our options are, is this defensive pass interference or no foul? Pretty simple. Defensive pass interference or no foul. There's where you can get a hold of me. There's where you can get on the Twitter poll. We can do it right there. Officially speaker, you can email me, Tim at MIBTmedia.com. You can comment on the YouTube channel, and we will read some of those comments next week. Looking forward to it. So let's, uh, let's see if we can uh, go and check in the call-in line and see if we got anybody calling in. Of course, nobody is calling in, but that's okay. We'll give it a second here to see if somebody's going to call in, and then we will uh, we'll call it a night. But uh, I want to thank everybody. Like I said, don't forget about the, the website. The website's going to be, be a new website, and or it's going to be the same for right now. It'll look the same, but there's going to be some different functionalities. So if you're out there watching, uh, just know that. And if you're watching this in the archive, you know you're going to see a little bit different. Hopefully, it's going to be a lot user-friendly. I know some people have had problems getting their passwords and stuff. You should be able to automatically generate your password now. So that should be a good thing. So just keep that in mind. And uh, so a couple more minutes, we'll leave the phone lines open. I'm just surprised that nobody, you know, I guess everybody just loves hearing us talk, that nobody really wants to, like, like give us their opinion. I, I mean, that's great. I guess we're just real good at this. And uh, I guess they do through the chat, though. So I'll, I'll give them that. So we'll run around the panel. We'll say goodbye to the panel here first and see if somebody jumps on with us. We'll start out with, uh, with Stan. Stan, I want to thank you for being here with us. Thanks a lot, Stan. And uh, I know you're... You only got like a week or two left, don't you? Uh, yes, actually, this is um, three more Friday nights until we have playoffs. So, got to brace myself for this Friday night. It's it's going to be sixty four degrees down here. That's cold. Oh no, I know it's going to be cold down there. So brace yourself, Stan. Thanks, uh, thanks for for being with us. 
going to bring in Mike, Mike Billica. I want to thank Mike as usual. Mike, thanks for being with us. Whoa, we want to go there. Mike, thanks for being with us. Howard, uh, appreciate all your comments. Thanks for taking some time. And say hi to your kid. I know he was there earlier. So I'll, I'll, tell him Tim says hi. Absolutely. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send Stan a long sleeve jersey, you know, so he can send us some more great plays and he doesn't freeze at halftime. Yeah, he sent us some. We have some real good plays. We just had a really, really long discussion tonight. So we'll, don't worry. We got plenty of weeks to talk about. We got plenty of football. Heck, we're gonna have football all year. That's one of the one of the nice things here. So uh, Bill Lamagne. Now, Bill, I want to thank Bill for being here. And uh, Bill was supposed to be somewhere this weekend, but now he's just he's just gonna he's just gonna do it from his house, right, Bill? Actually, uh, yes, ESPN was going to start traveling me this week, and I was going to be down at uh, Gainesville for the Florida game with LSU. And uh, earlier this afternoon, they uh, pulled the plug on that. And uh, so that game was uh, postponed. And now uh, they have remotely, I'll be doing it remotely again from home, and it'll be the Florida State game this time. I think North Carolina at Florida State. So, uh so at least they're keeping me busy, and we'll move on with life from there. So check out Bill if you got nothing better to do. Hear him talk about some college football stuff. You heard a little bit tonight. Hopefully you enjoyed that because, you know, it just kind of gets, get, get an insight. He gets to talk more on here. I'm not like an ESPN producer or director and cuts him off. I let him, I let him go for as long, as long as he wants because it's lots of good information. So we're going to finish off with Robert, and Robert's going to tell me some last-minute people saying hi, bye, whatever. I know Robert's got some stuff that, that he's got. He's wearing, he's, he's sporting his MIBT pullover. Get those, those in the apparel. Look at that. There you go, MIBT. Wear it loud, wear it proud. We're MIBT here all the way. Robert, tell me what you got. Well, first of all, I, I didn't know if Stan was like in a sauna room. It looked like he had that special lighting going on for his skin color. Uh, but more importantly, beyond that, Tonight is the last night that our team shop closes for our apparel run. We get in a production time run, and this is the last night. So go to our apparel icon here at the top of your screen and uh, check out the options you have to buy some apparel from MIPT. And you're going to be able to get in right here at the last second and get in our next production run. And then they're going to produce our shirts and our pullovers and all our apparel and ship it right to your house, which is awesome. And then once that's shipped complete, then we open up the store again. But as you can see here, we do it in production runs. So if you want to get into this cycle's production run, I uh, strongly suggest you go to our apparel shop tonight, order some apparel. You'll be in the next production shipment, and then uh, we'll open it up again after those uh, products are shipped to your house. No, that's great. Great, to, you know, great stuff. It's yeah, right. It closes tonight. So. Get in your order tonight. If you come in tomorrow or you get this and it's not there, it'll be back. We'll have a new link there, and the, the apparel shop will open, and we'll get you your stuff. So I want to thank everybody who joined us, who everybody watched, all of that. Thank you for being a member of this association. We really appreciate it. Spread the word. Like I said at the beginning of the broadcast, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to have some referral stuff. We're going to give cash to you guys. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So uh, for MIBtownline.com, until next week, I'm Tim Kiefer. We'll catch you then. So everybody, uh, everybody have a great night. Thanks for listening to the MIBTonline.com podcast. Join today at MIBTonline.com. We'll catch you next time.